Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. All right, so today, as I mentioned, we're going to continue our uh, sermon series on how to read the Bible. And today we're going to use the acronym SOAP. Uh, So it stands for Scripture, Observe, Apply, and Pray. Uh, And So you should each have a sheet there. If you don't have a sheet, you can raise your hand and uh, Arthur will get you one. But anyway, um, so let's delve into this. First one uh, is Scripture. So I'm going to go through these four things first, uh, just kind of as an overall, and then we'll go back through them using today's uh, Scripture lesson. So the first one is Scripture. Take the day's Bible reading, pray over it, and then read through it slowly. As you read, write out the verse or verses that speak to you, that stand out to you. So that's what I was kind of mentioning before. When you, when you read through these, uh, you know, you should be taking the time to, to kind of jot down those, those particular verses that stand out to you, that, that have meaning to you, that, that speak to you that day. And as we know with the Bible, you can read it over many times and different things are going to stick out to you at different times just because of the time of life here and the things that are going through, the things that are happening in your life. Second slide. Observe. Okay, so, so this talks about what is God showing you in this passage, right? Jot down any words or images or events that stand out. Um, are there any truth God wants you, uh, wants you to learn? Uh, any guiding principles, warnings, commands, promises? This is where you're kind of looking at, the, at these verses and you're, and you're kind of absorbing them and saying, okay, how does this speak to me today? How does this, uh, what am I seeing here in these words that, that you know, are uh, pertinent? And I, and I think one good way to do this, it's always good to do this on your own on a daily basis, but another good way is to get into a, a small group or a Bible study and to uh, go through, uh, you know, scripture lessons together, because what you'll find is God God's word is so rich that it's going to shine different lights to different people. And if you're in a room with somebody and you've read through a, a section of scripture, and it's always kind of meant one thing to you because either it's been significant in your life or you've heard somebody preach on it, and that's what stuck with you. Somebody else in that group might have a completely different take on those words, and it's going to open up a whole new way of looking at those, at those verses, and, and a whole new thing, and it, and it may make you think about it in a completely different way than you have before. And so it's always good to have that group interaction to talk about uh, you know, what you're observing, because people are going to do, observe different things based on where they're at in life, whether they're young, whether they're old, whether they're going through a time of stress, whether they're going through a, a, a really good time in their life. Everybody's at different stages in their life and in their, in their faith walk, so they're going to see different things in the Scripture. It's, it's nice to get those different points of view to open up the Scriptures even more to you. So the next one is apply. And here's where it gets kind of difficult. This is where it gets uh, sometimes painful. Uh, sometimes embarrassing, right, when we try to apply these to our life. So, you know, how does this affect your life? How do these verses affect? How can you apply this to your life? Does God give you instruction for you today? Does encouragement, correction? And that's kind of the tough one there, right, correction? Because I know as someone who has to to read through Bible verses and, and study to, to come up and, and, and 
present this stuff to a congregation, there's a ton of stuff in here that is very convicting to me. Every time I have to preach, I, I go through things where it's, where it's convicting and it, it's difficult and it, it, it can be really painful at times because, you know, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all sin on a daily basis. And so to have those things kind of right in your face and, and, you know, and now you've got to sit here and, and talk about it, it's a very convicting thing. It's very humbling to, to, to work through that. Is there an action I need to take, a sin I need to confront, a promise I need to cling to? How can I live differently in the light of these truths? Write down in your journal God's personal message to you. So the good thing to do is to start a journal, right? And, and so you can capture these things. And then you can go back and you can look at them, you know, when you, when you confront a difficult time and you say, you know what, I, I, I remember there was a passage that really spoke to me about this kind of a situation, and, I, and if you've got a journal, you can go back and you can look at those things and you can, you can find peace and comfort in those. But there's a lot of things when you, when you go to apply these that, uh, that really can speak to you in, in ways of, of whether God, you know, he might be offering encouragement. You might be in, in a bad mood. You might be depressed. There might be things going on that, that are kind of overwhelming. And there may be a scripture verse that really gives you encouragement. Um, there may be things that, that he wants you to do, right? That he's, he's, he's directing your path to do something different than what you had planned on doing. The, the key is to be open to what the, what the scriptures tell you, to, to embrace them, to, to really think about them and uh, to apply them to your life in a way that's meaningful. The last one is pray. You want to pray about what God has revealed to you, right? If he's re- revealed to you, Maybe encouragement. You can you can give a prayer of thanks for that encouragement, you know, and and that sort of thing. If he's convicted you on something, you can you can you can repent and uh, you know try to correct the direction that you're going. If you know you can you can thank him and ask him for uh, wisdom to help you understand uh, and strengthen and the strength to encourage you to apply these truths, you know. Sometimes, as I spoke about, reading, reading the Bible can be a difficult thing. It can be a painful thing. It can be something that's, that opens wounds, that, uh, that really you know, convicts you of, of things that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. And it's really good to pray about those things and to lift them up. And I've learned, when I was teaching confirmation class, I, I learned a, many years ago a good acronym for, for pray. And I've heard a couple of different ones, but I, but I really like this one, so it's one that's always stuck with me. So the acronym for PRAY, P-R-A-Y, is praise. So the first thing we should always do when, we, when we're going to pray to God is to praise Him. Praise Him for being our God, for being in our life, for the blessings that we have in our life. And, you know, sometimes we don't feel like we're fully blessed, right? Sometimes we feel down and out. Sometimes things aren't going so well, and we, we feel beat up, and, and we don't have enough you know, maybe we don't have enough money to pay the bills and, and we're, we're down and out. But when you think about it in context of the entire world, pretty much everybody in this room is in, is in like the top 3% of, of money earners in the entire world. And it's a little hard to comprehend when we think about people that have so much money, but there are people in the world that don't have anything, that have nothing. There, there, there are mothers that, that bake mud cookies for their children so they can eat something. And they eat those things, and, and most of the times it, it gives them, you know, deadly diseases, and, and it sometimes kills them, but that's all they have so that their stomachs can be, have something in them. And so 
we should thank God for the blessings that we have in our lives, and we should, uh, we should praise Him. Then the second one is repent. We're sinful human beings. We're in a sinful world, and we have sin that we need to repent of. And, and most of that sin we're aware of, but, but there's some sin that we're not even aware of. So when we, when we repent, we ask, you know, the Holy Spirit to, to you know, to, to speak to God for us for those sins that we're not even aware that we're doing and to lift those things up to Him so that to lay, lay bare, you know, ourselves, to humble ourselves before Him and repent and ask for His forgiveness, which He freely gives. And then the third one is ask. So then this is where we get to ask for things for whatever is on our heart, right? We can ask for encouragement. We can ask for healing for a loved one or, or ourselves. We can ask for direction, for guidance, for knowledge, for wisdom, for His wisdom in our life. We can ask for those things that are on our heart. And then the, the why, the last one, is probably the most difficult one and the one that we tend to ignore when, we're do, when we are praying, and that is yield. We need to yield to His will. Because the Bible tells us that, that, that we can ask for whatever we want and He will give it to us. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be answered. But we tend to ignore the, the, the verses before that that say, if you're in my will. So if you're in the Word, if you're listening to Him, if you're following His path and you're asking for the things that He desires for you, those things will be given to you. It doesn't mean we can't ask for things that... that you know, that are uh, dear, near and dear to us, we can. But then we have to yield. And that's the most difficult part, to yield. But to yield to His will and to yield to His timing. We don't like to yield to God's timing. God's timing is perfect. Ours is imperfect. When we try to push things our way, we try to do things on our own, things usually go awry. Things usually don't go the way we want it to. But if we're in His will, if we're listening to Him, if we're going down the path that He guides us to, He will provide what we need in His time. And I, I think about a song that I really like uh, by Garth Brooks. It's called Unanswered Prayers. And it's a great song, but the words are wrong. But it probably sounds a lot better to, in, in lyric, lyrically to say unanswered prayers than say God said no. Or, or God said, wait. Or God said, because He answers our prayers. He answers every one of our prayers. Sometimes He just says, no. This is not what I have for you. This is not the plan that I have for you in your life. Sometimes He says, you know, maybe. You know? And sometimes He says, wait. And again, that's the hardest part that we have to do, deal with, is to yield and to wait for His timing. It's difficult. So He does answer our prayers he just doesn't always answer it the way we want him to answer it in the time we want him to answer it. So, so yield is, is probably the most important part of that prayer, and we need to really cling to that and be in his will. All right, so now we'll go back and start at the beginning. We'll start with the Scripture, and we'll talk about applying this to today's lesson. So today's lesson was John 3, 1 through 17, right? And of course, in John 3, 1 through 17 is John 3, 16, which is the gospel in a nutshell. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son so that we shall not perish, so that whoever believes in Him will not perish but will have eternal life. And that's probably the most famous verse in, in, in all of Scripture. And it's something we can really hang on to and really delve into. 
And if you ever need to tell anybody anything about the Bible, that's what you want to tell them, right? You want to tell them that God so loved the world that he sent his son to die for you, for me, so that we can have eternal life. So now, here's where I'm going to ask you a question. So did anybody make an observation of any other verse there? That one's an obvious one. But any other verse that spoke to you as you were reading through uh, as we were reading through it, anybody want to share something? Anything? Which one? Oh, following. 17. Yeah. Right. So Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. That's the one, right? So it's true. Jesus did not come to condemn the world. Um, he did not come to take all the bad guys and put them in prison and have all the good people party and celebrate, right? Who did he hang out with? Yeah, with the sinners, with the tax collectors, with the, the poor, with the needy, with the, with the people that were possessed, the people that were sick and ill and, and who needed him, who needed forgiveness. He didn't hang out generally with the Pharisees, with those who, who were doing the right thing on the surface and that were bragging about it and that were doing all those things that, uh, that people said they needed to do. But he hung out with those people that had a heart for him, that needed him, that needed his forgiveness, that needed his grace. Because he did not come to condemn the world, he came to save it. And many people were surprised and disappointed that he didn't set up an earthly kingdom. They, people wanted a king, like an earthly king, but he, would, he set the whole world on its head. He didn't do the things that people expected him to do. He did the opposite. People would have expected him to come to condemn the world, but he came to save it. Very good. Any others that, uh, that stuck out to you? Anybody? All right, so during the first service, um, Linda Nunn's uh, picked one out, she, verse 8, which was um, about the wind, right? The wind blows. You hear it sound, but you don't see it, right? You see the things that's blowing around, but you don't see the actual wind itself. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know where it's going. And it can change directions at any time, right? I mean, we've, we've been in those situations, you know, sometimes it's a, if it's a really strong wind and we're leaning into it and all of a sudden it shifts or it stops, then we kind of fall on our face. Um, and the Holy Spirit is kind of like that. It, it, it's, it's here. It's real. It's moving in and about us, but we can't physically touch it. We can't physically see it. But if your heart is open to it, if your soul is open to it, then it will touch you. It will move you. The Holy Spirit is like the wind. Um, so it's something that, that we really need to uh, be open to is the Holy Spirit. Um, because, you know, we can plant a seed. God opens that up to us, that opportunity to plant a seed. And, you know, we can talk to somebody about Jesus. And, and, and really the best way to talk to somebody about Jesus is to share his impact on your own life, right? 
What, what, is, what has Jesus done for me? What are the things that I've seen in my life that impact me positively, that have made me better, that have, that have allowed me to do things for others instead of focusing on myself? What are those things? You know, and over time, people are going to be, they're going to get those kind of uh, observations from people, and, and, and you plant that seed. And that seed may not, it may not germinate for, for years or decades. And we may never see that come and bear fruit. But, you know, a year later, a week later, a year later, 10 years later, maybe 50 years later, maybe at the end of that lifetime, that it finally bears fruit. There's other times when we want to be in that situation where we're, you know, germinating, you know, where we're fertilizing that word, where people have heard things and we, and we you know, we encourage them. We invite them to church. We, you know, join a Bible study with them and we, we build up that faith. And then sometimes we're blessed because God gives us the opportunity to see that faith bear fruit, where they come to a loving relationship with Jesus. And we see that. And we're blessed to have that opportunity to witness that. Because the Holy Spirit does all the work and, and we're lucky enough to, to witness it. Okay, so let's go to the next one, which is apply. So again, what I said, now it's time to get personal. And this is, this is where we have to really dig down deep and, and decide what are we going to do with what we've heard? What are we going to do with what the Holy Spirit is, is pushing us towards? What are we going to do? You know, and one thing that we can do is, is to be in the Word, right, on a daily basis, um, to understand that God has a message for us. That it's there for us. That he's written a love letter through his people on earth. He's written this letter to us. And he wants us to read it. He wants us to be into it. And he wants us to understand what that message he has for us. What that path is that he wants us to take in our lives. So, again, how, how does this apply? So, is, is God have instruction for you today? You may have woke up today and you think, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to go to church, and then I'm going to, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to set up my fantasy football team, and then I'm going to sit in front of the TV and watch the red zone for six hours, and I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have a good time. And God may be saying, eh, maybe I want you to do something a little bit different today with your time. Maybe what I want you to do is I want you to get yourself together and, and gather up some food, and I want you to take it down to the People City Mission. I want you to go and sign up to be to, to go to the to the Matt Talbot Kitchen once a month to to help serve uh, homeless people food. Maybe I want you to do something else, right? There may be something else he's got in mind for you to do other than what you have in mind for yourself to do. That doesn't mean that we can't spend time doing things that we like to do and, and enjoying uh, you know time. It doesn't mean that that's necessarily a sinful behavior, but we need to be open to the guidance that God gives us on a day-to-day -day basis uh, of what he wants us to do, of where he wants us to be, of who he wants us to serve. Maybe there's an encouragement that he wants to give you. Maybe, maybe you're going through a time of complete depression or everything's just beating you down. You know, 
Maybe there's too many bills and not enough money. Maybe there's illness. Maybe a relationship is falling apart. And you need that encouragement. You know, so look for that encouragement in the Word because it's there. Correction. You know, I talked about that earlier. You know, there's sinful behavior that we, that we engage in on a daily basis, whether it's in action, the, 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 the deeds that we do, or maybe it's in the things that we don't do. Uh, maybe it's in the words that we say. Maybe it's in the attitude that we take. Whatever it is, we, you know, we all sin on a daily basis, and, and, and God's Word will provide correction for that. We need to be open to that. We need to, we need to look for that and say, where do I need to turn things around, God? Where do I need to repent? Where do I need to fess up? Um, is there a sin we need to confront, a specific sin we need to confront, right? Is there something that we're doing every day or every week that we know we should not be doing, that we know we should turn away from that? And is, is today the day that I need to confront that sin, that I need to look in the mirror and I need to say, that is wrong. You need to stop doing that. You need to change your behavior. And then, you know, is there a promise I need to cling to? Obviously today, uh, in, the, in the verses we had today, for God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. That's a, that's a promise you can cling to. He's done it all for us. And when did He, when did he do that? When did he do that? When did God sacrifice himself for us? When we were all good, when we were all acting right, when we were all sitting straight in the pew and paying attention? Is that when he did it? No. He did it when we were sinning. And we, were, and we continue to sin, and he did it for us because he loves us that much. That's how much God loves us. Is he got on a cross that he did not deserve to be on. He took a, a terrible beating and then on top of all that, he had all the sin of the world placed on his shoulders. All the past sin, all the present sin that was happening, and all the future sin, our sin, dumped on his shoulders. And then God turned his back on his son, and he took all that on it for us. While we were still sinning, he took that for us. Is that a promise I can cling to? Is that a love that is overwhelming? and unbelievable that we need to respond to. And then finally, we should pray. And, you know, we, we need to pray in a way that shows that God, that, that we, we understand Him, that we love Him, we, we thank Him for His Word, we ask Him for the things that, that, that we need, even though we know that He's going to provide everything that we need. And sometimes we ask Him for the things that we want, knowing full well that maybe we won't get everything that we want, but knowing that we have everything that we could ever need in His love. He's given everything for us. And we need to give ourselves back to Him. We're not capable of giving the way Jesus gave. We're not capable of living perfectly, uh, of doing everything the right way. 
of spending all of our time doing the right thing. The Bible tells us that we should pray continuously. When you think about that, it's a little difficult to do, right? I mean, to pray continuously because we have to, we have to work, we have to eat, we have to sleep. So it's kind of impossible for us to physically pray 24 hours a day, right? But, but what I've taken from this is that what God wants us to do is, is have a mind of prayer, to have a mind for prayer, to, to, to constantly think about God's impact in our life. And the example that I, that I share for this is, so before I got in a relationship with, with Jesus, I would do whatever I wanted to do, basically. And if I got away with it, if I didn't get caught, if nobody knew that I did something wrong, then I was cool. It was, it was okay. I, you know, no, no harm, no foul, right? Um, but now I know that I don't ever really get away with anything. That God sees everything that I do. You know, and, and Pastor likes to talk about the fact that he gets a little bit frustrated when he's in traffic, especially up at the uh, roundabout up here, when people don't really do it the way it's supposed to be done, <laughs> or when he's in the, the checkout line at the uh, grocery store and somebody's doing something that's irritating. And I, I, I have to admit that I have the same type of issues. You know, I, I kind of get upset on the road sometimes and and I, and I will react in a way that is not very God-pleasing. And, uh, and it's not good. And before, like I said, I would, uh, it wouldn't bother me, right? I would just yell and scream at him and, and make gestures at him. And I would say, you know, that person's an idiot. They deserve the wrath that I am giving them. But now I know that even though I still do that occasionally, hopefully not as often, I know I'm doing something wrong. And I think about it immediately after I do it. I say, you know what, that, that was just dumb. You know, that, that extra 15 feet of concrete that I didn't gain because that person cut me off really isn't that big of a deal. I need to just chill and let them have that and be gracious. And I'm a sinful human being, so I don't do that all the time. But it does hit me after I do something wrong that... that I did something wrong and that God is not pleased with the way I'm acting right now and I need to act differently and I, and I ask for forgiveness and I ask to do better the next time. And that's what I think it means to pray continuously is just have that mind for God to when we do things, when we do the right thing, we think about how that probably pleases When we do the wrong thing, how about it doesn't please God and, and just to have a mind for God and a heart for God and that's a, that's a good way to pray continuously. So now... We will close with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for being our God, Lord, for being our guide, for giving us the scriptures, Lord, to, to be in on a regular basis, Lord, to provide your guidance to us, to provide a lamp to our feet. And we thank you for every, all the blessings that we receive from you. We just thank you and praise you for being our God and mostly for sending your son, Jesus, to live a perfect life, to die a horrible death that we deserve, Lord, so that we could be raised eternally alongside you. And Lord, uh, we repent for all of the sins that we, uh, that we have in our, our hearts, Lord, and, 
Everything that we consciously are aware of, Lord, we lift those up to you right now, Lord. We, we ask for forgiveness. And those things we're not aware of, Lord, we ask the Holy Spirit to speak those to you so that you can uh, provide us with grace and peace. And Lord, uh, we just ask for healing for those who are hurting and suffering. We ask for wisdom to be able to discern the things that you have for us in our life, Lord. And we ask for uh, peace and comfort during times of trials and tribulations, Lord. We just ask you to be with us always and to guide our path with your light. And Lord, finally, we yield to your will, Lord. If it is your will, let it be done. Lord, if it's not your will, let us accept the things that you have for us, Lord. Let us wait for the timing that you have, the perfect timing that you have for us, and let us Yield and be comfortable in your will. In your holy and precious name do we pray. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.